got one prayer book. Hold on. I left one thing in my office. I can talk. Can you still hear me if I talk out here? Oh, okay, cool. Hey, Marvin. All right, praise the Lord. Everybody jump to really quick before we start getting into the, the meat of the lesson. Hebrews 12, 26, 27. Hebrews 12, 26, 27. You know, while you're going there, I'm just going to open up in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for loving us and knowing that you have a plan for our life. Father, we open up our hearts, we open up our ears, we open up our eyes to seeing how you do things your way. Lord, establish our thoughts tonight, not to be of our own, but of yours. Because as we learn to yield to your way, then we can be open to know the plan that you have for our lives. So, Lord, we thank you with all our heart, and we give you the glory, and we give you the honor. Amen. Hebrews 12, 26, 27 is a powerful verse, and it is a pinnacle verse to what we all go through. We are advancing the kingdom of God. So what's advancing the kingdom of God? That means in each and every one of us is the Holy Spirit that holds the plan of our life, holds the kingdom of God within us. And so anybody who steps into this ministry, it's time to unlock the plan. God created you for a special plan. We don't always feel that way because of things that have happened to us. I mean, there isn't anybody sitting at this table, at table, room that hasn't had something tragic happen to them. And you know, that's all part of God's plan. God didn't birth you in the world. Choose your spirit to come in your mother's womb for you to be born and for you to be what? Sad, unhappy, in poverty, having nobody love you. Is that his plan? That is not his plan. As not, he has a, a very, very special plan. Until we connect with the Holy Spirit in us and we start spending time in the word, then all of a sudden the onion layers start coming off. And I call it, it is onion layers because some of the stuff that has to come off us is not good. It's not good. And as it starts coming and peeling off of us, we get to that sweetness in the center, that spot where now God has removed all the offenses and now he can actually use you and he can use you as a vessel and he can now pour in himself and he actually starts indwelling in you, not just the Holy Spirit, Christ and the Father. So the Spirit's already pure. But your soul has got to be clean from its thinking so that Jesus can renew this mind. And once he takes occupancy in the mind, watch out. The Father then can use you to do what you were called to do. And everybody's plan has success in it. There is no poverty. There is no unhealthiness. There is no negative people. Your plan, you are the person that's made whole. You are the person that is restored. So you walk into an atmosphere where it can be a bunch of negative people, but you do what? You change the atmosphere. You bring in the light. 
And you know what? But before you get there, there's got to be a lot of growing that has to happen. And I love this Hebrews um, 27 and 28 because it says, actually 26, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but the heavens. So you do know the Father and the Son, they shake the earth and the heaven. So when something's happened in heaven for your life, and it's time, it gets, it gets trumpeted in the spirit. And then now it starts shaking what's going on with you on earth. It says now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably and with reverence and godly fear. Now, what this is saying is when you start tapping into the kingdom of God in you, you are like a tree standing there and it's what? Shaking. Why is it shaking? Because the closer the truth comes near you, you start feeling the trembling inside, shaking. And then things that you don't want to do, that you never wanted to do, that you do, they start becoming like you know you can't do them anymore, right? Now, let's think about this. I'll choose some easy, simple things like cursing. Do you know what I mean? I mean, really, people play with that when they grow up. But then some people, it becomes a what? A habit. And then they start doing it, start doing it, start doing it, right? Well, then all of a sudden, that's you kind of come to Christ, you realize you have a plan, and the shaking starts happening. A moment comes up and you want to what? Man, really get it out there, right? Because that's what you're used to doing, right? But then all of a sudden you do it and then you feel what? You don't start feeling good inside. You start feeling like, hey, I'm not supposed to do that. And you know, the Lord says, you are going to what? You're going to stumble and make a mistake. But when you feel that conviction, let the shaking happen. Let it come, let it come out, recognize, identify. That's not who I am. It's not God, how God created you. But then let it go and then stay firm on what you're learning. And then as the shaking happens, what happens when a tree shakes? Right, leaves fall off. The weak leaves, the ones that aren't attached. Right, the withered leaves. But in Christ, when you start walking, every, if my plan of God is over here and I'm starting and I'm seeing that plan, I want that plan because that looks really good. But for me to get there, every step I take, I have to give up something that's not a God. And every, type, every step I take towards that plan, there are things in me that are not of God. And you feel it in your skin. You think about it. Things start rotating. And, and I'm going to tell you, the closer you get to that plan, unforgiveness, shame, rejection, all these things are going to start coming out. The light start exposes it, the darkness. And that's why we have to support each other through that because we're like the side people, like on the, remember I talked about bowling before and the bowling rubber, what are those things? The bumpers come down. We're supposed to be bumpers to each other because we're all on the same path, making sure that ball stays what? Straight to get to your path because there's going to be shaking there's going to be shaking, and you know what? And we can turn back. 
And that's not what God wants. He wants us to know that he established it. There it is. He established it that way. He established it saying, now this, yet once more. Indica- once more. That means how many times is going to happen? A couple times. So let's not beat ourselves up. All we can do, we can confess to God, ask for that forgiveness, and say, help me what? Change. Help me renew this mind indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. There isn't anybody that doesn't have to go through the shaking. As of things that are made, that the things that which cannot be shaken may remain. You know, there are things that we make up in our life that God hasn't done for us. We start doing it. We start creating it. We get ahead of God. We can see that. We can see that end. And then you can actually start working that but you're not working it because God guided you and led you that way. You have to be led by God. The enemy makes you what? Rush, find things. The enemy what? Tempts you to get off the course. All these things happen because if the enemy knows you get to your plan, who gets exalted? God, Jesus Christ. We start exalting his name because anything that's of God and we start, we start getting excited we start just praising his name because we couldn't do it. Why? Because only God gives life. So we're only here because who put us here? God, he gave us our life. He is the only one that can take away our life. The devil cannot create life and he cannot take away life. Okay, that's up to God. Okay, all he can do is get us off the plan, get us frustrated, get us doing everything we don't really want to be doing but we think we do because we think that makes us happy. So it's awesome. God does have a good plan for each and other, and each a great plan for all of us. And God is on our side. He knows we're tr- our tree is going to be shaken. And he knows we're going to want to go back to the old way. He knows that we're going to want to run for another security in man. And we're going to let go of him because he knows we're tempted. When we are getting started off in this funnel, I call this beginning funnel, the hardest thing when you're funneling in the, the love of God is funneling into you is to realize he's the one that gives you love. And you can't worry about the people. You have to know that, okay, I am, I am developing this relationship with God to a certain point. I'm going to allow myself to go through these changes so that when you mature, That's the person that doesn't worry about, you know, uh, doesn't worry about man-pleasing, doesn't worry about complaining if someone hurts their feelings. This, on the second level, they don't worry about it because they already know if God stepped them into doing it, then they need to do it. And it's so beautiful as you mature. This is the hardest part for knowing God loves you. The second row is a tough part because you're really learning who you are in God. And then the last part is you have totally given up yourself. (laughs) There is such little bit of darkness in this person that not much bothers them. Gene always says, a lot of people say to me, you need to be more emotional. And Gene's gotten to a point where he stands on the word and he loves as God loves through him. But he knows it's not him. I know that when I get firm on a word of God, I'm trying to help somebody get what? Through it. Because they're going to have to go through the shaking. And God always is prepared for your shaking because he already has given you the grace to overcome it. And once you overcome it, boom, another another measure of Christ fills up in you. 
So, you know, shaking the works of man's hand, everything built by the hand of man in the energy and wisdom of our flesh, he has vowed to shake it down in those verses. He has vowed it. If you've accepted Christ in your heart, then you're on a walk for your what? Plan. You have to keep stepping toward this plan and know that God is on your side and that if you lean on him, he will comfort you. He wants you to learn to comfort, get your comfort from him. So it's awesome. He wants us, and I I just want to read this little thing out of my Bible. It says, God is on our side. And it should be a great comfort to us to know that what we cannot do for ourselves, the Lord will do for us. Now, that's amazing. When I came in this ministry, I had a lot of debt. And I am going to focus on the, the item of debt. And I heard... One of the things says, Lee, you're going to come to zero. I didn't know what that meant. So what I do, I started praying. And we're going to talk about prayer tonight. How do we effectively pray? And when I heard, I asked the Lord, what does that mean come to zero? And I didn't hear answers back. But he was saying to me, I'm going I'm to clear your debt. But I'm going to have to follow his way. Well, I love this. Everything in the way as I follow God, I messed up. My tree was shaken. And I knew I had people come to me, offer to give me money, to lend me money, to help me on something. And I had to say it was Gene. He came to me twice. And he saw, because you know what? When you're going through the shaking, everybody what? Sees it. (laughs) There's nobody that doesn't go through the shaking that if you've already gone through it, you know when they're going through their shaking. And I am sitting at the desk and he says, hey, I I sense something's going on. You know, what's going on? And I was like, I can't talk about it. Like, even though he was my mentor, God didn't even let me talk to him about it. But the whole time I'm thinking, it was this tax issue, this tax issue, and I needed $30,000, right? And then he says to me, does it have to do with taxes? Like, <laughs> and I was like, yes, but God's going to take care of it. And he goes, well, I'm just letting you know, if you, because I love you. If you need it, I will lend it to you. Well, the moment he said lend, okay, if it was of God, the money would what? It would be given to me. It would, be, it would come to me without knowing you know, or just, I would had to follow an instruction to receive. And I knew that, but I kept it between me and God. And boy, God took care of it. But I can only praise God and glorify God because it wasn't given to me by what? Man, but it all worked through man. Do you know a stranger can come up to you and say something to you or hand you something because they say, God says, hand that girl a hundred dollars. And I know that some of you have experienced this already. And then they hand, and that's exactly what she needed for whatever she was doing that day. It's amazing how when you start submitting everything in your heart and mind up to God, he then works through other people you don't even know. And that's what's so beautiful. Like, it's, you don't even have to reveal who you are and what the situation is. But we have to do it through, how do we break up to God? Through what? Prayer. Okay? We have to break up through prayer. That's okay. If we entrust ourselves to him, only he has the power to restore what was lost to us. Everybody in here has lost something, right? Raise your hand if you've lost something. Yep, everybody in here has lost something. They've either lost honor, they lost being accepted, they lost people, they lost purity, they lost money. <laughs> Somewhere down the line, we what? Lose things. We lose things. But God says in the plan he has for you, 
He has the power to restore what was lost, whether the loss was our fault or the fault of another person. Everybody in here said somebody has some, somebody hurt them. Somebody take something. Somebody draw them into what they don't want to do. And then you get mad at yourself when you get, you know it, right? How many people have gotten mad when they know it? Oh, how did I get myself into that? So it's awesome because his plan is a plan for your life to fulfill your health, your happiness, and your fulfillment, but only through the scriptures. All our happiness is in here. Now we just got to figure out, okay, what do I do with this? Okay, it's great we worship because worship stirs the atmosphere. Worship protects the atmosphere. But now there's another level of something we have to do. We have to pray. We have to pray while the tree is being shaken, while you feel the trembling inside. How many people felt trembling in their body? Right, that is something that's not of God leaving you. But when that hits you, you've got to know how to pray unto the Lord. And so... I kind of wrote this thing. You know how you ever say for glory night, come expecting, come expecting. When somebody says in the kingdom of God, come expecting, that means you have to spend time praying to expect something. Okay. That's going to require some prayer. Second thing, effectiveness is so important. How many people are in here or you, you go somewhere and you see it's so disorganized and you could get in there, organize it and make it better? How many of you been there? You see things that are ineffective. Well, the Lord says in his word that there is an effective power of prayer that we can tap into. So we don't only, we want to come in expecting through prayer, but we also want to come in effectively in our prayers. How many people feel like they pray and they never get anywhere? right? You have, people have prayed up things, prayed up things, right? And you're like, I'm, I'm not sensing it. Well, are we praying in the effective, the effectual order that has power, that there's power on it? There is an order. All right. And then also the importance of prayer is prayer is put in place to enforce the will of God, to enforce the will of God, because this is us. We are this. This Bible, it says, if you abide in me, that means believe in Jesus Christ. The word abides what? In you. Then start what? Asking. Okay, you can call up asking and you shall receive. But your prayer has to be what? You have to be expecting. That means there's, a, there's effort on your part. You have to want to believe and meditate on this word. Second is, it has to be what? Effective. It has to be an effective prayer. That means you can't be praying for things that aren't in here. You got to focus on this, okay? And then the third thing that you, okay, so it's got to be effective prayer. And the third thing, it's got to be praying out his will for your plan for your life. And as you spend time with him, you'll find that plan out, all right? Like, for example, everybody should be married. There isn't, everybody has a partner. There's only a rare few that will grow and not, it says, and Paul says in Corinthians, there are very few who were born not to be with a mate. Very, very few. So if you think about this, everybody has a, I love this, everybody expects a partner, right? Everybody, the one that God has called for you is the effective one. <laughs> He's the one that's called you, and he is in the plan, or she is in the plan of the will of God. So isn't that awesome? 
And when you know that person and when you meet that person, that doesn't mean you're going to, it's going to be a good situation, but he's going to work something out. So if somebody is interested in a relationship, that's one thing they have to start expecting, effectively praying for, and knowing that it's part of the will of God. We have to build this inner confidence in us to know that. So all kingdom ministry begins with prayer. Turn to um, Ephesians. I want you to turn to Ephesians. I've spent a lot of time in Ephesians today. I could like talk the whole thing, but Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. Chapter 3, verses 7. The word of God, why do we have to pray out the word of God? Because it's God's will, and God's will is his word. God's will is also us being thankful and receiving the benefits of his word. It says here in 7, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Now, I pointed that out because this is Paul writing this. And Paul's saying, I became a minister according. So there's according. It's like I graduated college according to completing all these class credits. Okay. I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me. Now, everybody in here is saved, right? So everybody has been given what? The gift of grace. Everybody in here has been given the gift of grace of God given to you. Now, I love this. By. So where does that grace come by? The effective working of his power. So God's power comes down upon us and he gives us grace. And as we spend time learning the scripture, praying out his word, praying out for his will, praying out effectively, expecting these things in here, promises to happen to me, it is through his power. It is through his power that he does this. Now jump over to verse 16. It says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. All right, his spirit, I'm going to work backwards on this. His spirit, the inner man is where? It's in you, okay? So he will grant you this great grace according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in you. So this is saying he does it in you. It starts in you first. That's why this ministry is about changing from the inside and then the outside shaking manifestation happens. And then you've got to know your weapons of warfare when you're going through the shaking because he already promises that it's not done by you. You can't do it. Man's hands can't do it. All we can do is teach the word, grow in that word, but God makes the changes happen in you. All right, it's such an inner relationship with an outside manifestation. But he does it. He goes on to say that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. You have to have faith that this is really in you. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Everything we have to do has to be backed up by what? Love. And you know what? If you don't know what love is, love is in Corinthians chapter 13. Read it slowly. And I think it goes verses 1 through 13. 
if you read those very slowly and you make yourself a little list, everything you do should be backed up by that list. And you can judge yourself. Don't judge others. You judge yourself and where you are with your love with Christ. It says, in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. That is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, that means to him, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works what? In us. So until the scripture of God, the word of God gets in us, how much power do we have? Little, none. The more the word gets in us, the power starts to grow. This person has little word, a lot of power. This person has a lot of word, a lot of power. <laughs> he has got it all. This person doesn't know. That's why the darkness is there. It's the lack of the word. You don't, that person doesn't know much word and doesn't know the power behind the word because they haven't experienced the power of the word. They experienced a power entering into them and they felt better because they got saved. Everybody knows when you felt that moment when you got saved and something came off your shoulders. But then you felt even more confused because you didn't have, we don't have the word in us. Do you know what I'm saying? So we still do what? Make mistakes. We still fall into the old man because the new man has to be processed. All right, so... I want to focus on prayer tonight because I wanted to remind you all you have a plan. The plan is already in you. Now it has to be matured in you. But in that maturity, you're going to feel pain. You're going to feel death. And we've got to learn how to bury it so we can be resurrected in the truth of our plan. All right? Because it's a good plan. And people need to know that it is abundant life, a plan with abundant life. All right. So all of your life begins with prayer. So the first thing we do is how many people talk to God, right? Okay, that is a form of prayer. That is telling God all your needs and all your concerns. And God loves that because he wants to know everything first. How many people think that they've hid something from God? <laughs> you kind of like talk God into what you think, okay? I mean, I used to do that. I used to like, hey, I'm talking out with God and I'm working out the way I want to do it. And yeah, it's going to be okay. And God's laughing <laughs> because I'm not leaning on this. I'm just deciding what I want to do and looking for his acceptance. And, you know, it's crazy because Satan can give you signs. <laughs> Satan can do what you want. And that's where we have to be really careful. When people start off, Satan will give you what you want. And you've got to make sure, are you hearing God's will or is it still all that grayness? that we're working, is that trying to tell me something? All right? So that's like a people dating, and I, I'm just saying this kind of a cute way because people have been there. Two people are dating. They're in high school. I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh, we're going to get married. You're my husband. You're my wife. Okay, well, then we might as well just do everything because you're going to be my wife. Uh-uh. What does that mean? You're taking what? Control of it. Do you get what I'm saying? When we start playing house before house is given to us, that means we did it, <laughs> and we can all laugh at those mistakes because God didn't hand it to us yet. We have to wait for God to bless us with something and everything. We, this, I tell Rachel, this word protects you. I tried to really tell her this five years. This protects you. 
If you yield and do what this word says and what you know, do you know that it will protect you? There's a bubble around. When you're saying, I'm willing to make this first, there is such a bubble of grace that protects you that even when the adversary comes, the tempter comes, and all these things come, you, you, you kind of want to do it, but you know you can't. So you stop. Do you know what I mean? As you grow, there's nothing wrong with this. It's good. That's how you get shaken. If we can start raising our kids in this, do you know they won't be shaken like what we were shaken? They won't have to be shaken so much because how many people grew up this since they were little? Sheila did. I, did, I, I mean, I went into a church, but I didn't grow up learning the word of God. But when I started learning, whew, the grace bubble started coming. And it protected me as long as I was willing to believe in this as his will for my life. You know, we have to learn that. All right, turn to Luke. Everybody turn to Luke. It's awesome because prayer and his plan is effective for us if we know how to implement it. Um, I can't remember what chapter that was in. Sheila, do you remember what chapter that was in? Yeah. Okay, Luke chapter 11. All right, Luke chapter 11. All right, when we pray to God, we can tell God our needs, but now we have to learn how to pray out an effective prayer. An effective prayer starts with two foundations. The first foundation is you have to have faith in Jesus Christ. That's the first foundation. You have to be born again, faith in Christ, that you know that you have that faith and you're believing that you're going to pray out his word. The second thing, the second foundation you need to have is love for the saints. We have to be able to say, Lord, love one another as I have loved you. So we have to know that we have to say, even though it doesn't feel like I can love a person at a certain time, but if you confess to him, I will love one another as, I, as you have loved me or I love you, that gives you a foundation to know that you're working. So when we pray to God, if we're praying in faith and then we're praying in love, okay, he can't stop anything. That foundation has to be firm in your prayers. So you can't pray for something hateful to happen to somebody, <laughs> okay, because that's not what? That's not love. You can't, you, everything we pray for is to pray for someone's advancement. Even if that person hurt us, you have to still seek the good in your prayer. Everything you pray out in this Bible that's a promise is going to be praying out something good for you. All right. It says in Luke chapter 11, now it came to pass. He was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And then he said to them, when you pray. All right, I love this. If you never know what to say to God, all right, because you can have a conversation with God, but when you're now trying to effectively pray to the Lord, he gives us an order in the Father's prayer. But he doesn't want us just to stick to that. He wants us to expand on it. So I'm going to read it slowly, and then we're going to break it down. It says, Our Father in heaven, how will be thy name? Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now in Matthew it says, and then to him be the what? The kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, the first thing God tells us to do is this is a prayer of order. And we can expand in this prayer, but if we keep it in this order, it's an effective prayer. It's praying out the will of God. The first thing he says is, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now I looked up that word hallowed, right? Because I never understood that. I had this thing memorized. How many people had the Father's Prayer memorized? I didn't understand half of it. I remember when the light bulb went off, we're supposed to bring heaven on earth? Hey, I never really got it. I said it all those times. I didn't get it. I'm supposed to extract heaven and bring that existence on earth. That really, five years ago, really overwhelmed me. So that means all the stuff we're building in heaven, we're supposed to be living it and bringing it and extracting it here on earth. Our prayer takes what's in heaven and brings it to us. It says, if you draw closer to me, I'm going to do what? Draw closer to you. Well, how do we draw closer to him? In worship, prayer, and meditation of the word. But you know what? I always feel like prayer is a tough one for me. Prayer is tough. And lately, prayer has been on my heart, heavy, heavy, heavy in the past. You know, if I stand up here and I don't know what to pray, I do start praying the Father's Prayer. But then I really never studied the Father's Prayer. So I looked up howled. You know, howled is to lift up, glorify, worship God the Father through his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So when it says, how will be your name, we are to glorify the name of Jesus. We're to glorify God. And so in every prayer, when we open up, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I love you. I glorify your name. I honor you. You know, we're supposed to start off lifting him up. Even when in worship songs, what are we doing in worship? Be lifted higher. You know what I mean? Magnify your name. Those are the things. That's hollow. Do you know, do you know about Halloween? I was telling this to Sheila yesterday. I, when I, I always heard that word hollowed. And what do I, what did I always think of? Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Do you know what's happening on Halloween when we celebrate it? We're lifting up dark world, the dark world. <laughs> we are, we are glorifying Satan's kingdom on Halloween day. Now think about that. Now this kind of made me, this made me really kind of wiggly when I started thinking about that because we think it's, yeah, cute dress up and get some candy, Right. But do you know that that is how Satan deceives us? He deceives us in the what? The candy. He deceives us in the, what? The imagination of dressing up. He is, it's a deception getting us to hollow another person's name. Isn't that awesome? I mean, really, when you think, I mean, not awesome to <laughs> Halloween, but you know what I mean? But just amazing how deceptive Satan really is around us. And how many of you like dressing up for Halloween? Seriously. Yeah, it used to be fun and cool. Now I can't do it. I know it's kind of weird, but it's like Rachel was pulling out Halloween pictures of her and I were little. I'm like, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> like, but you know what? That's how God loves us so much because he loves each and every one of us so much. He knows how to speak to us differently. He knows we don't know everything. Okay. But this is awesome. So the first part of any prayer should be lifting up the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right.
So it now says, your kingdom come, your will be done. That's very important. That your kingdom come, your will be done. When we say that to God, we're saying that your kingdom is the kingdom we believe in. And we want that to come here on earth. And then when you say your will be done, that means you're coming into agreement with God for your plan, your plan. Okay. You have to, we have to become in agreement. We're going to become in agreement with something and it's either going to be God or darkness. So anytime we come into agreement with something in our feelings, our emotions, when we do something, we truly have to submit it to God and say, your kingdom come into my life. Your will be done for the plan of my life. And when you commit that to him, do you know, he makes it where you're going to be uncomfortable when you're not in the plan of God. He starts making you, how many people have felt uncomfortable here after they started growing? You start feeling uncomfortable, all right, because you've now come in and you've aligned yourself with the true God. And so that true God is his kingdom comes in your life. His will will be done in your life. So you, when you promise that and you say that in prayer, you've got to go through the process. People say that. They don't realize what they're going to go through, but they don't realize at the end how awesome it is as all these layers start coming off of you. So it's an awesome part of the prayer because that is the prayer. That's what we say before we start speaking out the word of God. All right. The next one says, on earth as it is in heaven. So we're coming to an agreement that heaven can come on earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. Now that's a very important line. Bread of God is two things. One, the word of God is the bread of God. So it says, give us our bread day by day. We've got to be up in the morning reading this word. We've got to somewhere in the day get a fresh new word. When I worship and then I open the Bible... God's teaching me something every day. And I could have read a scripture over and over and over again. But when he shows it to me again, he's trying to what? Tell me something. Teach me something. All right? Teaching me something important. And, and you know what it is? Our day by day, our daily bread is him making your eyes more open to the power that he has. I mean, it's powerful when you really think about this. When you start reading a scripture and you start realizing that this is a mystery of God, that he's trying to help you understand so you can get to your plan, no time you open that Bible that it is not by chance, that it is not to really learn something. He is an awesome God, and it's a mystery, every word in that Bible. So when you open it, and you're looking at a page, and you're reading it, he is taking you somewhere. And you have to ask him Reveal this to me, okay? Because not everything can be taught. Some things have to be, I wrote that to you today, they have to be revealed to us because he wants to show himself off in another level of his power, of his power. So I love this. How many people have heard the word petition? To petition. Yep, in Philippians it says, with prayer and petition, Make your request known to me. When it says, give us day by day our daily bread, we are now taking his word and we are now going to petition it to God. All right? So this is awesome. 
Yesterday, and I'm going to give everybody this at the end. Yesterday in our discipling class, Tom and Brenda was awesome. Sheila was awesome. We assigned people to teach the discipling class. Some of you were here. Well, Tom came up and told how him and Brenda prayed every day, and they petitioned God to be debt-free. And he brought his prayer, his petitions, and it's awesome because this is what was so awesome. They got this from Dean Sykes when he came four years ago, and it's the one I use too. That was what was so awesome because I was here on that same day, and I was like, oh, I just petitioned God through prayer to get rid of my debt? So I love this. Give us day by day our daily bread. What that means is, that means we have to take now his word and now petition it back up to him. You know, Jesus, I love this, father sent his son Jesus and he became the living word. He had to die and be what? Buried to be resurrected back up to the father. So do you know that when we learn a word of God, it's going to, when that word enters in, light entered into you. So now something has to come to death. And it has to be buried. And then that word, what happens to that word? It gets risen up back to God. And now he has to bring you back your promise. Think about this process. Every step we take, I come into kingdom life. I'm feeling shaken. <laughs> because what? A word entered into me. A word entered into me. Draw closer to God and he will draw closer to you. Ooh, that word entered into me. I start meditating on it. So what do I have to do? Start drawing closer to God. I start drawing closer to God and I start what? I have to come to death of myself because to draw closer to God, I have to worship, meditate, and read the Bible. Well, I don't do that every day, but now I have to what? Do that every day. And then you come to death of yourself because how hard is it to wake up and worship every morning? Yes. Everybody's already felt the flush part of it. But when you press through and you start doing it, God sees that you sacrificed through obedience. See, obedience is better than sacrifice. So when you break through that flesh and you're being obedient to worshiping every morning, do you know he has to put the super on your natural? And when you're worshiping in the morning, you start praying. You start praying out his word because you're worshiping. You're giving him the glory. You know what I mean? You're saying bring heaven here on earth. Then you start praying out the word of your concern or a word that's been given to you. And you start praying it out. If you stay consistent with it, he has to make that word now what? Draw closer to you. So now the word's drawing closer to you. You're drawing closer to him because it started with you. And then what happens when it meets? It explodes. It has to happen. So the moment I started prayer with prayer and petition, so our daily bread is our petition to God. So we have to know, what word am I standing on? Do you ever hear it? What word are you standing on? The word you stand on is your petition to God. If you want a, if you want a partner, a husband, a wife, you know, or if you want something to get fixed in your life, find the word. Then as you say your prayer in that order, first you worship God, you invite heaven on earth. Then you do what, everybody? Petition him with the word of God. Find the word. And then you keep speaking it back up to God because he's got, as you're speaking out every day, it comes a little bit closer and it comes a little bit closer. 
and it comes a little bit closer. And then one day it happens and you didn't expect it on that day because that's God. He doesn't give you anything when you expect it, <laughs> even when you want it. Oh, I love this one. I, as I was growing, I would start thinking, ooh, this is going to happen. Oh, this is going to happen. And guess what? Never happened. I was, Satan tries to get a false rise in you of thinking something's happening. And then that's when you're getting tested. Don't get disappointed because there's, what does it say? Hope does not disappoint because the love of God is being poured upon you from where? The Holy Spirit. So when your spirit seeks him, the love of God pours into you and it increases your faith to stand on that word and to keep petitioning it until it comes. All right. So when you start feeling disappointed, right? That means who's involved? Satan. Oh, I get so mad about that. Every time I got disappointed and then I realized it was Satan, I'd start crying (laughs) because I was mad at myself. But all it was telling me is that I wasn't trusting God enough. So I had to keep what? Petitioning. Keep petitioning. And he changed it. He changed it. It's the power. His power. His effective power that's found where? In us. So there's got to be this meeting, this oneness from heaven to our, our spirit on earth. All right, is everybody getting this? Okay, is everybody seeing the order? All right, so now we continue. So we know to worship God, invite heaven on earth. We know to recognize God, become in agreement with him. And then now we have to petition his word because his word is the word that will establish the promise. And you know about the chart. We want to receive at the end. Those, those words, those petitions, they are the things that sustain us in our faith being grown. So we have to, you know, we have to pray these things out. All right. We have to pray for the entry of God's kingdom into our situation. We have to pray that his word rules over all other things in our life. All right. So like, here's debt. Here's the first one. There's a couple of words to stand on. And I have a sheet for everybody to go home on this. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So what's the first, what's he telling us to do? Delight yourself in the Lord because every word's going to have an instruction. Okay. Like even draw closer to me. I'll draw closer to you. What was the first part of the instruction? You draw closer to me. I will draw closer to you. Do you know, we can sit in circumstances for a long time. And just sit there twiddling our fingers. I love God. I love God. God's going to do this for me. But you're not worshiping. You're not praying. And you're not, what, meditating on the word. You're just going to keep sitting there. And your life is going to be subject to the circumstance. You just left it up to fate. Do you know we don't have to worry about fate? Because the power's already in us to grasp the plan. So now we really have to start praying out the plan. So I love this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your hearts. If you get up every morning and praise God, sing to God, be happy about God, what did he say he has to do? He will give you the desires of Jasmine's heart. (laughs) Right, Jasmine? Yes, he wants to give you the desires of your heart. But you got to start delighting yourself in him. I don't delight myself in Sharice. I'm not going to delight myself in Chris. I'm not going to delight myself in Marvin. These are great people. But I have to put, I have to delight myself in 
God. I have to delight myself in the Lord first. And if I do that first, he says, man, I'm going to start working these desires towards Lee. I'm going to start working some things towards Lee. All right. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Now, this is interesting. So he gives us two instructions here. One, we're not supposed to have any remaining outside debt. Now, that means in unforgiveness, when you see the word debt, I looked it up. Debt has to do with money exchange and it has to do with unforgiveness. So I can't be unforgiving and hold something to her because that means I'm holding a debt on her. And it already tells me I'm not to have a debt on anybody. All right, so I got to what? Make that debt clean. I love you. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? It's going to be okay. You, you work that debt out with a person. Shutting the door, shutting the door, shutting the door in that person's face. God was telling you to work out a what? A debt that you had on that, late, that girl in your vision. You know? And you did it. And that's awesome. There was power. But the moment that power landed, I'm sure the enemy came and attacked you. Because it ha- that's how it happens. We have to learn to get strong you know, in that. And then it says, let no debt remain outstanding except, so there's one debt we can have. Love, <laughs> right? We can have one debt, and that is to truly just love one another as God loved us. Now, how do we love a person like God loved us? How do we love a person like God loved us? God loved us in our what? Mess. He loved us in our weakness. He loved us in our ugliness. He loved us. So what are we supposed to do for each other? Same thing. Same thing. We have to love each other in our mess. Because we know that that person, if Christ is in them, they've got a plan. And it says, woe to the person, woe to the person who comes in and tries to divide somebody from their plan. And what that means is sometimes if there's unforgiveness and there are things, we can be holding back somebody from their plan. Do you know what I mean? Because we have to still love a person, encouraging them on the word, but you have to know that don't do something. Don't get involved in things like gossip. Don't get involved in things like other people's problems. Don't get involved in other people's circumstances. Just stay involved with the word, with that person, and then you're encouraging them. But if we start getting into all these other things, and you see it because it happens because we don't know when we're doing it. If we get too much sucked into something else, What are we going to do in our private time? We're going to think about that person's situation. How many people have thought about another person's situation and let it run through their head, right? And then when you do that, what are you not doing? You're not worshiping God. You're not praying. You're not what? Meditating on the word. Your mind becomes so cycled in something else that you actually are holding something else back for yourself. Do you know what I mean? Think about that. And then we could be holding something back for someone else. So we don't want to do that. So let no debt remain outstanding with anybody, money, or in our, right? And, but we are to continue a debt with each other in love. We learned about the love bank. Who was here for, do we, I don't know if you were here for that. This was awesome. Gene did this thing where he poured these three containers and the water represented love. Okay. And it means that how we love one another by loving in a way that's not normal to us. You know what I mean? Like for Rachel, I have to buy her gifts unexpectedly because her gift, her, I am not a gift person. Her love language is gifts. So I fill her love bank when I buy her something unexpectedly. Now, that doesn't mean like, you know, it should come, if it's coming from God, it will come unexpectedly. God will know what she wants and it'll be awesome. 
I bought her a bracelet and a jewelry one time, and it was, un- it was I was buying her a birthday gift. Is last year, and I saw something for Rachel at Black and White, and it was a beautiful necklace and things, and I gave it to Rachel unexpectedly. Man, that made her so happy. That's more happy than if I say, Rachel, what do you want for Christmas? I want this, 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 and then I buy this, this, and this. That's not what I wanted. I would have rather had it this way. I would have rather had it that way, right? Okay, so when God gives, when God gives, it comes with no sorrow. It comes unexpectedly, and you know it's from God because it's going to fill the void that's in you, all right? So I love this. So these, when we're reading Scripture, Scripture has instruction. Scripture has correction. Scripture has um, the promise in it. So when we read that Scripture, this Scripture has power. So if I work at this, that doesn't mean Lee's going to be perfect at this. It doesn't mean Chris is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean Wendy will be perfect. Nobody's perfect at it. But if you pray it after you did what? What's the first thing to do? Worship God. Come in agreement. His heaven on earth. And then you start petitioning out the verse. This is In the spirit, this is what's happening. And as you keep speaking, what are you sandwiching? The second spirit, right? Satan tries to get in the middle of it because he doesn't want the two to what? Meet. Because when the two to meet, that means God's plan is being fulfilled in your life. All right, so the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy your time of prayer, your time to worship, all these things. He comes to put things that are not of God thoughts in your mind. He comes to get you to do things the old man used to do, and he gets you in. When you're in your rest, that's all you're doing. You're just getting through your day, worshiping, praying, and meditating on the word, and you truly do bring all your concerns up to him. And then you start praying out effectively what your goal is. And I know in here, people want to get debt free. And there are people who are doing it. And as they pray it out, it will come faster. That puts the petition, puts the super on your natural. Because you could ne- I could never have gotten out of debt in one year with, unless I meditated and believed in these verses. So it's awesome. It's awesome. Okay, now here's the next one. So give us our daily bread so we know He gives us the bread, and then what do we have to do? Confess it out, right? So we get the bread, we got to petition it out. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. Okay. Line four says, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Now, I just kind of taught on that. It's very important that when you say your prayer and you petition God, you always say, okay, Lord, Forgive me. There's a good, in fact, it's 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9 where it says, in fact, I'll read it to you. Yeah, I think it's good for everybody to know this one because even before I teach, I pray this out because nobody's perfect. And we have to let God know that we are really working at this, okay? It says, 1 John 1, 9. Start to learn to memorize this one because like, I love it. Even Gene, Gene told me, I say this before every time I get up because he knows that he's not perfect. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, because as the tree's getting shaken, what are we going to do? We're going to make a mistake. <laughs> so when we make that mistake and fall out, All right, we have to come back in. He's going to draw us back in, and we say, all right, Lord, I confess with all my heart 
that you said that you were faithful and you were just to forgive me of my sin. Now cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You know, you meditate on that. It makes you feel better. But now you don't go back and do that same thing. You truly commit the sin and you ask for that forgiveness. So everybody in here knows a sin that they fall short of. If you know what it is, start confessing it right when it happens. But when you pray out your prayer and petition to God, always let him know, Lord, I I am confessing my sins and these are what my sins are. You know, help me. The power of you is in me. Help me to overcome that. All right. So praise the Lord because he gives us this order so we know, so we know how to do this. All right. So forgiveness of our sins, we have to learn how to identify. Oh, go ahead. Okay, well, if you've worshipped, that's a very, I asked that same question. That is a great question. I thought that too. Oh, if I let the devil know what I'm, because I do a lot of things in my mind. You know, like I'm talking to God in my mind. All right, well, if I've worshipped, okay, remember one of the verses for worship, if you worship God, what does it do to the environment? It clears out all the devil in the environment. Why do we worship before we get into things, before teaching? Because we want to make sure the enemy isn't going to attack Sharice's head. Wendy's head, Sheila's head. We don't want the enemy to attack. So before you really kind of get into prayer, it is really good to worship. And, you know, that's the Lord's Prayer starts off with worship. Worship doesn't have to be you saying, you know, our Father who art in heaven, how will be thy name? You don't have to say, you just have to do that part first, which is worship him. Okay, so in any prayer, if you worship first, you have cleared the enemy. I'll get you that verse too, where it says he scatters the enemy, he confuses them. So when you start praying out, because you've worshiped God, you broke that second heaven. And now the more you stay dedicated to it, do you know it's easy to get to the third heaven? Man, when I broke through the wall, I broke through that wall of worship. And then I could stand here and start worshiping and I could feel my spirit lift right up into the third heaven. And then I start seeing visions and dreams. So, but that took a lot of time to break through that. All right. So once I broke through that wall, anytime I I could worship just a couple songs and I know I scattered the enemy, but you'll know it when you hit that point. Sometimes we hit a point of worship where we hit that worship and some people start breaking out in tongues. Okay. Because that's the mysteries of God being prayed out and who can't understand them? The enemy. The enemy cannot understand them. There are times where you'll be worshiping God and then a word comes out of your spirit and you don't even know why you said it. But because the atmosphere was broken and God needed to what? Press it up. I've had times where I was praying about something and I would worship and then all of a sudden I'd sit up and these verses just came out. I wasn't even looking at them. That's why we got to get the what? The word in our soul. So when God's ready to push that word out, he knows when that second heaven's open and your spirit starts pressing out You grab what's in heaven and you bring it down to earth. Isn't that awesome? That's the way, that is the, that's the purpose of prayer and worshiping. Worship breaks the atmosphere. That's why it's the first instruction. And then when you get to, when you get to the um, petition part, inviting the heaven on earth and then speaking out the word, you know, you automatically, when you start speaking out God's word, how many people have ever just fallen down and just started crying? And asking for forgiveness because you didn't think you deserve the promises you're asking for. How many people have felt that? 
Sometimes when we worship, we hit a part where we fall on our knees because sometimes when I ask for something, you don't feel that you're worthy to receive it, okay? I got into a problem that was tough, and I didn't tell anybody about it, and I, I was praying to God, and I was praying out the word, and then I was kind of all done, and then I went to get in the shower, and something hit my spirit, and I fell over, and I just started speaking out verses like, I wasn't even thinking. My mind was totally submitted to my spirit. And I remember the first time it happened, and I just started speaking it out. Now, some people speak it out in tongues. Whatever the mystery is, God, the, the word of God is a mystery in, in, in tailoring our plan. So he's going to call it out. But why was I able to speak out that scripture? Because I had dove into the word. Like Wendy's in the word all the time. She's getting all this word Man, when some of this starts coming out, it's like it's going to be like an explosion because the spirit pushes your soul to speak it out because he's about to what? Extract it down to you. It's powerful when you go through it, but you've got to keep worshiping. You've got to keep that order going. I love it. Worship, petition, forgiveness. Man, his goodness is so good that when you start calling it out, the first thing you are confessing everything that you didn't think that you did right, all right? And then the last thing he does, or actually the last two things, we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, okay? So we got to forgive people, and we've got to forgive. If we know somebody might have a hurt with us, we ask God to forgive that. But do not lead us into temptation. We have to ask God because God is not the tempter. God is not the tempter. The devil tempts us. The adversary tempts us. All right? So we've got to get to a point where we ask God and we tell him, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do you know we're going to be tempted and we're going to fall? Right? But then when we pray to God and we say, don't tempt me to do that, do you know he sees your brokenness? And in that brokenness, he puts a bubble of grace on you. And then when you get back into that same thing, you start feeling it because you've committed yourself to God and you don't do it. Do you know what I mean? You don't do that behavior anymore, whether it's complaining, cursing, being angry. Um, there's a whole list of things. Being a man pleaser to somebody else because you think it makes you feel better. That's, that's a sin. We're not to do that. Do you know, we have to know that we're yielding. Sex for approval, all the list. Those are all the things that we do, and there's more of it, deception, manipulating. There are all these crafty things that we could be a good evangelist, and what does evangelists do? Manipulate, right? Okay? And we can know how to work something, but do you know if the devil takes that, he then has you use it for him? So when it says in that verse, we have to remind the Lord, do not lead me into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one, and he is faithful to forgive you. So I love that. We keep this order. The whole time you're doing this, you are bringing the kingdom of God from heaven, okay, because there's the kingdom of heaven, to the kingdom of God in you, and now explosions start to happen. Do you know what I mean? And I've experienced them. I mean, I cannot be up here if I, didn't if I did not experience them. And then the moment the explosions start happening, man, everything out of your mouth is honor, glory. You are just praising God in such a way because 
you can't even believe that you received. (laughs) We can't even conceive how much God wants to give us. And he put this prayer in order. In fact, it says he's not into colorful prayers where somebody makes something sound. He is, God is into the prayer from the heart, but he's also into order and instruction. He is into, I mean, God is into order, instruction, accountability, discipline. All right. So if we follow this order in anything that we're seeking, anything we're seeking, do you know he will, you'll start, those verses will start popping out of you. You make a nice little list of them and then you start confessing them as the petition part of your prayer. Now, there are other prayers out there. I taught this tonight, this intercessory prayer order is because God placed that main prayer, the the Lord's prayer, the father's prayer with a specific order of instruction, you can add sentences to it. Just keep it in the same what? Order. And it says that it will penetrate the second heaven and it'll bring down what God has for you. Now, because every promise in this Bible is for all of us. There isn't some people get this, some people don't. Everybody has the ability that as they spend time with the Lord, the revelation will come to you and God will start showing you what is yours. What is yours? Not somebody else's. Sharice has to pray for something different than what I have to pray for now. All right? Your prayers become different. All right? And as the Lord starts building your faith and showing you his will, which is his word, when he starts showing you those revelations, then you go to another level. The people here, you're learning, you're praying for God's love to be imparted in you in a greater measure. Here, this person's praying for God's love, but they're also praying for their plan. Who am I? What am I supposed to be in this? What am I supposed to do? But you know this bottom person? Everybody in this row, they pray for the people in this row. You really do. As you grow, you start praying for others. You start people, everybody who comes to this ministry, people who come, I pray for you. Do you know what I mean? Jean prays for you. And you guys come in my face. When somebody comes to my face, I know I'm to pray. Do you know what I mean? And that's just, you start praying for that person. You start praying for them to get through whatever the shaking. You pray for them to start receiving what they're praying for, but you pray for God's will for them. It's awesome. Jean prays for all of us. And it's amazing when you, you do feel the cover. I do. I feel the covering of his prayer because there's some things that I just, I would have bailed out if it wasn't for that. He was praying for me to get to my position because then once I got to my position, then I knew how to what? Pray for myself. Do you know what I mean? Our prayers to God are the most effective prayer. You know, he cares what you're going to say to him, but we want to make it what? Effective. We want to make it effective prayer. We want to make it expecting. We're now, I, I prayed for debt. I prayed for debt for one year. Well, guess what? All the debt's gone. So now what? It is the glory of God. Every testimony that I have to say about it, Sheila knows, everybody who's seen me go through this, I can't, I would have never done it. I couldn't have done it. The way he did it was his way and his way was perfect, but it didn't seem perfect. It's, I mean, there were times I really just thought this was crazy, you know, but then when it started turning and I started, it started exploding, the supernatural started coming. Well then boom, you know, and now You know, my biggest thing is praying for the growth and love of this ministry because the Lord has put something in my heart for this ministry. I'm almost driven to the point of wanting to get everybody else to get 
into these experiences so they can get moved on to their what? Their plan. You know, I have to pray for the business next door because the Lord's put me in there because he said all the realtors are going to come are going to go through this because he said that's how that business is going to explode by people growing through this. So it's awesome. It's beautiful. The Lord loves us so much. Hebrews 13.8 is where I'm going to leave us off at. Hebrews 13.8. Yeah, 13.8. I love it. Jesus Christ is the same (laughs) yesterday, today, and forever. So that means Jesus came on this earth to fulfill this word. He is the same today. He is the same yesterday. That means, and he's the same tomorrow. So, and forever and ever, which, what does that mean about this word? It never changes. As you pray it out, it's going like this, and God's coming like this. And I love it because he's never going to give you something until he knows there will be no sorrow added to it. So that means you'll be tested. Your faith will be tested and standing on this word and just keep pressing and pressing. So it's awesome. All right. Are you excited to pray? Okay. I mean, this should help with the order. So I'm going to remind you one more time. Worship him. Always worship first. Because like Cherie said, if you just start talking out, when we go out these doors and start talking to people about things that God has told us privately, we are opening it up to the enemy. But now if you keep it in your heart and in your what? Psalm 91, in your secret place. And when you worship in that secret place, you know, that's a special place between you and God. And you can speak out the word of God. All right. And you can speak out the desires of your heart and you can speak those things out. But just just be, you know, Lord wants a relationship with us so much that he wants us to hold our mysteries with him. He wants to keep things with us and he wants to trust us to hold his secrets sometimes. Because sometimes he'll show us things. I know he shows me things, but that doesn't mean I go run to the person when I see it. I got to hold it and know that he trusted me with knowing something so I can do what? Pray for it. There's a reason why he shows us things so we can pray for that person. And when we start praying for somebody else, that's such a high form because you're laying your life down to spend time to pray for somebody you might not know very well, but the Lord's assigned you to pray. And that's what happens as you grow up in Christ, as we grow into this fullness. So it's awesome. Does anybody have any questions? Now, I got to tell you, there are prayers, and we can get into this in another class, how to pray for someone's healing, how to pray for, you know, there are other, how to pray for leaders, because we're supposed to pray for our nation. But I just wanted to talk about the basic prayer order and the importance of prayer. Any questions? Sheila, do you have any thoughts? You mentioned that when we're in worship, um, and it is so true, that thoughts can come to our mind on a person or whatever. And when you catch yourself doing that, just say, stop. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you will not rob me of my time in worship. And then just continue. Right. And I agree with that. It is very important because when you start, when I start sitting up in bed, and I'll start thinking about all the things I got to get done for the day, Well, it starts robbing my time. You said it actually great the other day, or I don't know if it was Charlene, about the cell phone. That was you. Yesterday, 
How many people live with that cell phone right next to them? And they're worshiping, and then they look down at the cell phone. They're worshiping, and they're like, come on, come on, come on, Wendy, come on. Have you ever had that happen? Okay, she's a good girl. All right. <laughs> well, I got to laugh. When I started worship, I didn't have texting or the cell phone. I, I really didn't have any of that. So thank God, because now I have done that. Where if the, the And now, you know, I plug it in my bathroom now. I don't plug it next to my bed. But I do, come on, you have to laugh because everybody has had some type of something interrupt them. But um, praise God, but you were right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you catch yourself doing that. Like, oh, I only have an hour of worship, but I know I got to talk to this person or, you know, I got to remind myself to do this. But, you know, the one thing I can say that's been most effective to me with prayer and worship is um, getting up and truly worshiping and breaking the atmosphere in my house. When I learn to break that atmosphere, then he actually starts praying through you. And then the spirit starts worshiping God through you. One morning I woke up and my battery was dead for my music, but I had been so pressed. I would worship for five hours. Like it just, I would pray, I would worship at night. I would worship the morning. It really did possess. And it seemed like the Lord put Rachel everywhere, but near me. Like, you know what I mean? Like there was a period of time where he blanketed me and let me press in. And the most amazing thing is the morning when I didn't have any music, I got up and I still started singing music that wasn't me. It was coming from the spirit, and I don't have a good voice. And I'm like, oh, my God, my voice sounds good. Like, you know, like I'm like, blah, 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 right, right, right. It's coming out. And I was just like, that sounds so pretty. You know what I mean? Like I shocked myself. So it's kind of funny how you know. I know when I'm built up in spirit because it's not my voice. It becomes another voice speaking out. Or like when some people speak in tongues, the tongues just start bubbling up and they come and that you just, you don't even know what you're speaking, but you're, that you're praying out something God wants to pray out, but he uses that function and you don't know what you're praying out, but he knows the spirit knows what's praying out. That's why it says, if you abide in me and the word is in you, then watch what the spirit will do. I mean, cause I'm speaking scripture that I may have read, but I didn't even know I really had it in my bank. But it comes out with force. And then it's amazing. Every time that's ever happened, the promise has come to me. Every time. Now, the distance of the promise, the time, might have been a couple months, but it it came back. I knew why it was coming out. And then it really did come back. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, I was like, this this power, the key word, effective power. The power what? In you, the power of the inner man, the power of the kingdom of God, kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. Man, that little power brings the glory, and that power is the kingdom in his scripture. And we just have to start experiencing it. But the only way to experience it is you got to press through in that time and really believe in your heart and confess with your mouth these scriptures, but believe in your heart that this will happen to you, that the grace will meet. So I know that everybody wants these, right? Use them. This is the same ones. I couldn't believe it when Tom was teaching it last night. I was like, these are the, I, that's, when I heard Dean Sykes talk about petitioning out the word. Oh, you want, uh, I'll pass them out. You want to pass them out? You can do it. It was awesome. And that, I'm going to tell you, that works. The word works. You know, it's an awesome word. Praise God. Does anybody have any other questions?
Nope. All right. Thank you all for coming. I love you. Bye. So what's that verse about?